Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever and have not meant it more than that in a long time. Coming off an unbelievable sports weekend. Yeah, we've got it all. We've got hockey. We've got basketball. we got the baseball playoffs and Hembo's wearing a Jets jersey. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. The injuries that the Jet defense had as an Achilles heel coming into this game seemed almost impossible to overcome. Zach Wilson takes it in. The final score, the Jets 20, the Eagles 14. All right, we are delighted to have you with us here on ESPN Radio. Hembo was looking glum in a Sauce Gardner jersey, but he looks pretty good with the sauce. No holding yeah. the sauce on Hembo today, but I will start it by saying this. The last time the New York Jets won a game as big as the one they won yesterday, the man seated opposite me was their head coach. Rex Ryan, good enough to stick around. After we finish up Get Up today, I'm stunned. I I really don't have any other way to describe it. At no point all week did I think the Jets would win that game. At no point while it was being played did I think the Jets would win that game. So I am as pleasantly surprised as I have been in a long time. Yeah, coaching still matters. And I think the difference was the job that Robert Saul and his staff did uh, putting – look, I, and I was the same way, and you know I always think this team has a, uh, has a fighting chance to win because of that defense. But this was the best performance I've seen from a Jet defense in years. Mm-hmm. And just the – you're out your three top corners. Your three top corners. And you put up a game plan like this, it was terrific. They mixed in four-man rushes. They mixed in three-man rushes. They mixed in simulated pressures. Sometimes they bring the pressure. A brilliant game plan by Robert Sala and company, and that was the difference. And by the way, our guy, Zach wasn't, gets better and better and better each week. And this team, by the end of the season, uh-oh, watch what happens. They're going to be right where we said they'd be. Right, so for anyone who has not yet seen the photo, I would, like, I would draw all of you to any of my social media. I posted it everywhere this morning, and they're all the same address, at ESPN Greeny, that's Greeny with a Y, at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, on Instagram, and on threads. There's a picture of all of us wearing our Jets jerseys today, me in my delighted state of euphoria wearing Aaron Rodgers, Jack, who is our director of printing mm-hmm. operations, wearing his Zach Wilson jersey, Brandon, who is our stage manager, wearing... Um, oh, he was, what did he have on today? He, well, had, he had a like bunch a of jet yeah. stuff. Yeah, he just had on yeah. a ton of jet stuff. And then the dejected look of one Paul Hambikidis, Eagles fan, died in the wall with a look on his face of disgust and sadness and angst whilst wearing what he is wearing now, a Sauce Gardner jersey. You've got to see the picture to get a full sense of just how <laughs> miserable Hembo is. Your thoughts? My thoughts are that. I am as miserable as a human being could possibly be. It's tough because, you know, when you... Usually I I really look forward to going to work. I have that luxury. Like, I do a really cool thing for a living. 
except the fact that I knew today would just think because I'm surrounded by Jets fandom. Greeny, of course, is the captain of that team, and I just have to eat it. There's nothing that I can say. It's not as if this game was in question. It's not as if the, the officials cost the Eagles. The Eagles just stunk. The Jets outplayed them. The Jets out-physicaled out them. And there's nothing that I can say. And I have been insufferable, Rex, for the last month. Right. Because the Eagles were undefeated. The Phillies are on the NLCS. But this is the worst-case scenario for me. Because now Greeny gets to hold this over my head for the next four years. It will never end. <laughs> well, it could happen if they play each other in the Super Bowl, oh. which I'm not counting out at this point. But let, let's start with the Eagles side of this, Rex, uh, for uh, a change we we had a good little debate on get up this morning i think people view the nfc as a big two and then the lions are the next best team knocking on the door i'm not sure we're looking at that right i I think the lions are as good as anybody i don't think san francisco's physicality scares them i don't think what the eagles do I, i think i don't think anyone's quarterback is playing better than theirs is they've got weapons in droves i mean they're playing without jameer gibbs they had didn't have jameson williams beginning of the season st brown missed a game they just plug it in and go they're well coached the league loves their offensive coordinator i love their head coach i think that there is a big three in the nfc it's san francisco philly and detroit and you can put them in any order you want yeah i don't disagree and Look, this team, we, we, uh, we talk about Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, for good reason. This is an offense that's in the top five in every statistical category. And, by the way, they were last year, too. Mm-hmm. It was their defense, which was their Achilles heel. Not anymore. And you know what's great, Greeny? They play without three starters in the back end. Three of their starting DBs did not play. They held Tampa to six points. So, yeah, you're right. And, by the way, they play without two starting guards. They played without Montgomery after the first quarter. They're starting running back. Gibbs, you mentioned, they don't care. And you're right. This team is not afraid of the San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, or the devil. Like, I'm telling you, that's this team right here. (laughs) Well, when they talk about teams that take on the personalities of their coach, that doesn't always happen. In your case, it did. The really good Jet teams you coached, right. they did. They, they took on your personality. I think this team takes on the personality in Detroit I'm talking about yep. of their head coach, who I love. I have loved that guy from the minute he showed up. People were, you know, the, the whole – no, at first when he was the biting kneecaps and stuff, right. I thought, oh, here we go, another one of these. But it's real. Like, it's, it, it, it feels real to me, and I do feel like the team buys into it, and I do feel like they have taken on the personality. Yeah, it's funny because you think, like, this guy, oh, look at this Neanderthal-type right. guy. Yeah, but he's also got new-age thinking. Yep. And he's just – he's a uh, – this guy's, like, a beautiful guy. Like, man, like, I'm just telling you, I love this guy. He's a genuine article. He's a tough, mean sucker, but he's also – Progressive, like he's his, his way of thinking. Watch this team; like they're one of the funnest teams to watch in the league. They run gadgets like crazy, but with a purpose—not just hey, we're going to run a flea flicker. Why are you going to run it? These guys will explain exactly why they're running different things. So, to me, they are super fun to watch. And I think that when this team, when they finally start getting their their pieces healthy by the end of the year. I think they are in that conversation with those other two teams. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Hembo, what do the numbers say about the top of the NFC? Well, the numbers say that right this second, San Francisco is still by a long shot the favorite to come away as the number one seed. That's what FPI right. says, at least. The Eagles, meanwhile, have the most difficult remaining schedule in the conference. And FPI isn't quite there yet with Lions, although we do think that Detroit has a better shot at the one seed 
than Philly does in large part because of the strength of schedule. In Detroit's case now, Rex, it's like 12 months of high-level play. Like We're not talking about right. the Lions as if they're this kind of upstart team. When the regular season ended last year, that was probably the second or third best team in the conference then, and they've gotten better since then. Absolutely. That's a great point. All right, let's go through a couple other things here while I have you, Rex. Um, I, I have, there have been times in my life where I've said, I'm never picking against Bill Belichick again. Mm-hmm. And now I've reached a point where I'm saying I'm never picking him again because I picked them yesterday exclusively because he is the coach and because I just could not fathom that after the absolute disasters that were their previous two games, they wouldn't go play the what I still think, despite the fact that the Raiders are 3-3, three and three, I don't think they're any good. And especially with his former assistant in McDaniels and his former quarterback in Garoppolo, I was sure New England would win that game. And for them to lose and to look as terrible again as they did, they're just done, aren't they? Yeah, they absolutely are. And you know why? It, this is not Bill Belichick. Like, if it, was, if it came down to coaching, yeah, he'd, he'd beat everybody. But it's not. This is a JV roster. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that I have. My biggest problem is I don't see the energy. I don't see the passion from this offense. I just see bleh, they're running plays, no creativity. The quarterback, look at the look on his face. You're going to play for that guy? Like, I, I, I can't stand the look that this team has. And that's why it ain't about Bill Belichick. Like, if it was, look, that guy's still coaching his tail off. I, and, and, but name me a good player. Name me a good player outside of maybe Christian Barmar or whatever, the defensive tackle. Yeah. I can't tell you. Judon's out. Gonzalez is out. I can't give you another good player on that team. Well, Jacoby Myers was on that team. <laughs> yes, he was. And they let him go, and he burns them yesterday, and they decided to go with Juju Smith-Schuster for reasons known only to them. One way or another, they're just a complete and total mess. Here's the analogy I'll make about the Patriots. Like, Bill Belichick, I think, is still a great coach. He can still, he can still play chess like, like, with the best of them, but he's only got pawns, right? Like, Bill Belichick mm. only has pawns now. He has created this roster, so it's his fault. But it's really easy to win, or at least it's a lot easier to win when you have Tom Brady, when you have the queen on the chessboard. Right now, you're just watching the... Like, they have probably, like you said, the worst roster in the whole oh. league. That's what I think we're watching. We're watching Bill Belichick just move a bunch of, a bunch of pawns, and you just can't win many games in the NFL if you, yeah. can't, if you can't move more than one or two spaces. Yeah. That's a great point. So they look terrible. All right, Rex, help me make sense of the way the first half ended in Buffalo last night. For oh. anyone who didn't stay up and watch this, <laughs> Giants-Bills, a game that Buffalo... I think most of us thought would win that game by 40 points. But as is the case, this is the NFL. Weird things happen because football's bounce funny. So the Giants are winning 6 nothing going into halftime. They've got the ball with, I believe it was 14 seconds right. left when the ball is snapped. They have no timeouts with the ball basically on the two-yard line. They have the opportunity, if they want to, to throw at least two passes into the end zone before they kick a field goal, maybe even three, depending on how quickly they do it. Instead... It looks like Terod Taylor, who's playing in place of the injured Daniel Jones, checks to a running play. I guess I can't say that with certainty, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. And they wind up running Saquon into the line. He doesn't get anywhere, and they don't get another playoff. They don't score. A game that, oh, by the way, they lose by five points. How do you explain the way that half ended? Okay, here's, here's how it happens. First off, all week long in your preparation down, you got you know red zone plays, you got goal line plays. Well, here's a goal line play. We're going to run this pass play or play action, whatever, unless we get this look. If we get this look from the defense, we're going to check it to a running play and go right at them off the right side. That's exactly what we saw. 
Tyrod's doing exactly how he was coached to do all week long. Not understanding we can't check. Not when the clock's at 14. This is a veteran player. He's not doing these things on his own. This is how they game planned. The thing that Brian Dayball and staff, their mistake was they never told Tyrod that, no, we are throwing, we're, we're going to do this play regardless. We're not going to check to the run. And so that's what it looked like to me. So now it gets stopped at the line. They're trying to hustle back up to spike the football. They can't get it done. All right. And, and the Bills did a great job laying on the guy, doing all those type of things, what you're taught to do from jump. All right. So as we're going off the field, you see Brian Dayball ripping an offensive assistant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he turns his attention to Tyrod Taylor. I think the attention needs to go to you as the coach. You're the one that should be wearing it. You shouldn't show your player up on national TV. You don't need to. You take the bullets. You're hired to do this. It never got done. It never got – they can say we had communication. You never had the right communication because Tyrod Taylor, I've been with this young man who's my quarterback for two years. He's going to do what you ask him to do and nothing more. So isn't there so, – so I guess what most of the fans are asking is whose fault is that? Is it the quarterback who should know no matter what they call, I can't do this? Is it the coach for not saying, hey, I know – you know, they only have whatever it is, 10 seconds to communicate right. or whatever it is. No check, no check. What? Whose fault is that? Well, it's going to be on everybody. Everybody's at fault when a disaster like this happens. Yeah. However, as the head coach, it's your responsibility. You're in charge of everything that happens on that field. So – Brian has to, to wear this. I love Brian Dayball, but he has to wear it. He has to own it. And unfortunately, he never owned it when he had the opportunity to because that, that puts blame on your player. And, and to me, you can't do it. So the only one right now, he has to take it. He never did that, and, and I was disappointed in that. So two weeks, Rex, after the Seattle game, Greeny and I had what I would describe as a fairly spirited disagreement about Brian Dable. I thought he showed up Daniel Jones in that game. He threw, he threw like the tablet, right? like the, all the histrionics on the sideline. And he did it again yesterday in a couple different cases. You're sitting here and you're telling me that you think he's, he's sort, of, sort, of, sort of overdoing it in that respect. To me, it, he, it struck me as, this is your fault, Daniel, not mine. That's how I interpreted it in watching on TV. It sounds like you kind of see it the same way. Absolutely. And, and that, to me, is, is troubling mm. because here's a guy that was coach of the year for good reason last year. But the reason he's coach of the year is because his players bought in. Mm-hmm. And they listened. They did all those type of things. And he got them playing with a certain type of spirit that we hadn't seen that a giant team play with in, in a while. If you keep blame, blaming your players, they're going to turn on you. And, and to me, you run the risk of doing that. As a coach, wear it. It doesn't matter. I know you're in the biggest market of all time. I wore every one of them, and that's what you need to do when you're when you're in this market. And he was there. I mean, I'll remember, for anyone who doesn't know, Brian Dayball was on your staff at, at, at a period of time, right? Didn't no, he, coach he wasn't. No, he, he didn't. He, he did not. He later he came as the offense corner with the Bills. It was a. a be honest with you, I wanted to hire Brian, but I couldn't ever get him out of New England. So oh, that was it. But I, I, really I did, thought but he no. did not work for you. No, but okay. I've known him well. He. Um, uh, my brother coached with, with uh, Dave's in, in New England for several years, but uh, he's a guy that I really respect, and I still do. I think he's an outstanding coach. Okay, yeah, my bad. I'm glad we corrected that. One way or another, Rex, I'm in a good mood all day. I know you will be as well. Yes. We'll see you a little later. Always a terrific Monday. Thank you. Thank you. The great Rex Ryan with us here. We're back with my takes and more in just a moment on a celebratory Monday for all of us but one on ESPN Radio. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Zach Wilson takes it in. The final score. The Jets 20. The Eagles 14. You know, we're just going to take it day by day yet again. It's a tough one for sure, but it's an opportunity for us to grow. And these things and these moments build a ton of character. I have so little joy in my life, in my sports fandom. I understand that I lead a wonderful life and that I am fortunate and blessed for that. Perhaps sometimes in life, your sports fandom is meant to equalize that out. My life has been a pretty much a never-ending source of misery for me. I grew up a fan of the Jets, the Knicks, and then I went to Northwestern. We don't do an enormous amount of winning when it comes to the teams that I live and die with. So I take my huge victories wherever I can get them. And of course, you know, I've, I've grown to really care for young Cam on our staff. And so when the Jets beat the Eagles yesterday, Cam, who was an Eagle fan, I, I took no joy in the thought of his sadness, his despair, his disappointment at the way his team lost. But I will say, I thought of Hembo immediately. And I thought to myself, I'm going to wear him out for two hours on Monday. Words could never do justice. The joy that I felt at the idea that Hembo was going to be wearing the Sauce Gardner jersey as he is right now. And the picture of him with a, the, the forlorn expression on his face that I have on my Instagram feed right now. You can't miss it, at ESPN Greeny. You know, they say a picture tells a thousand words. That one may tell a million words on the pain etched in the face 
of the diehard Eagles fan. Yes, in that photo, I looked like I was taken hostage um, against my will, and I practically was for the purposes of that photo. I would have rather the Eagles go like 12-5 and five this year but beat the Jets than go 16-1 and one and win the Super Bowl and still have to deal with this because of our relationship, because of the fact that you can now say, no matter what happens the rest of the year, unless the Eagles somehow avenge this loss in the Super Bowl, a matchup uh, that I think is fairly unlikely, that you always have this, that you have this over me. I do appreciate your restraint. I did not hear from you immediately after the game. So I thought there would be a chance that you, you know, kind of take a, a, a cheap shot. But no, you took the high road and decided to lay it on me thick today instead. It's not really the high road. There's nothing high about that road. I, I, I had plenty of time at my disposal. Time is on my side. Because, Bubba, as we discussed yesterday, our Friday, <sighs> the Jets were such an underdog, such a prohibitive underdog. The idea that the Jets would win this game was so unlikely that this is not a one-day deal. Like, Kembo's not just wearing the jersey today. I feel there has to be a lot more. If I'm not mistaken, I think there was a moment in time last week where we said that the stakes were going to be that you had to give me at least one, if not both of your children, (laughs) if the Jets won this game. That's how unlikely it was. And, And so, I mean, I feel just the wearing of one jersey one day on a radio show hardly, hardly, Sums this thing and the up. worst the worst part about this game is that even though the Jets kept it close the whole time, there was never really a point, not even until the interception at the end, where I thought the game was in peril. So I'm I'm still reeling. Like something, you know, this was not a back and forth affair. Like this was until like you know less than two minutes left when Jalen Hurts throws yet another interception, and then it just hits you like a ton of bricks. And then I go to bed afterwards, and then I dread coming to work today. So I still thought the Eagles were going to win. The, the only touchdown the Jets scored in the game was the one the Eagles wanted them to score. That's true. The Jets only scored a touchdown when they shouldn't have, which is <laughs> is what it is. Um, but whatever. Although I actually started thinking that through. Do you want to have that debate for a minute here about whether they should have? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's the scenario for those of you who didn't see it yesterday. There's a minute 50, right, left on the clock. The Jets have, the uh, the Eagles have two timeouts left. The Jets score a touchdown on the first play after this interception. They have the ball like on the eight or the nine yard line. Clearly, the Eagles are just running out of their way. It is, it is incredibly obvious that the Eagles are not making any effort to tackle Brees Hall. If Brees Hall slides on the one-yard line, that's going to be the end of first down. We're, we're not, first down is gone. It's going to be second and goal. Eagles are going to call a timeout. A minute 40, let's call it. If the Jets then, do they try and score on the next play? Or do they take another knee because now you force the Eagles to use their last timeout, and there's a minute 35 left. Now the Jets can take a knee, again on third down, and then send their kicker out there to kick a field goal, which is only going to give you a one-point lead, and you're going to give the ball back with, what, 40-something yeah, seconds left 50, and yeah, no timeouts, mm-hmm. when a, and a field goal beats you. If the Jets are able to run it in for a touchdown on third down, then that's obviously the best of all scenarios, but you're not guaranteed that at all. They're guaranteeing you a touchdown if you take it. Mm -hmm. So the more I've thought about it, the less certain I am that the way that it went wasn't actually the best scenario for the Jets. Yes, especially given how well the Jets' defense was playing, how badly Jalen Hurts was was reading the field, and it it proved to work out. When I was watching the game, I thought to myself, of course the, the, the Eagles should let them try and score, and thus the Jets should 
not score. Like they did exactly what the Eagles hoped. But it is more important in this scenario. Now, I've not looked at the win probability here, but it is more important in this scenario to score a touchdown than anything else. Like you need to make sure that the other team can't beat you with a field goal. Right. That's the most important thing. And so since you trust your defense, I actually now in hindsight don't object to it, even though that's exactly what the Eagles wanted them to do. Right. I understand the Eagles wanting them to do it also. I, I don't know that as it turns out, everyone didn't sort of do the right thing one way or another. I am just delighted and surprised and shocked with the result. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. L- let's talk a little bit here, Cam, if we can, about your views. The... The Eagles, I thought, made some really startling mistakes in the game yesterday. Oh, yeah. If, if the Jets... Look, there's really no point in saying this out loud. If Aaron Rodgers, a healthy-ish Aaron Rodgers, was the Jets quarterback, the Jets would have won that game yesterday by three touchdowns. It would have been as one-sided as could be. In fact, if Aaron Rodgers, a healthy Aaron Rodgers, was the Jets quarterback, we would be the best team in the NFL. They just would. The defense is ridiculously good. The skill position players are showing you just how good they are. They're deep. They're loaded in a million different places. The offensive line, as they continue to drop like flies, is playing better. The plan they've put together around the young quarterback has actually been pretty good. The Jets with Aaron Rodgers would have hammered the Eagles yesterday. But that's not the world we're living in. So the Eagles absolutely should have won that game yesterday. How do you feel about it this morning, Cameron? Not great. Before I get into my thoughts, I would like to point out how funny it is that Hembo said, yeah, you took the high road, and and you said, no, I didn't. Like Most of the time, that would be the opposite. Someone someone would claim to take the high road, but you said, no, I certainly did not. Yeah, I've seen a lot of— I'm offended by the notion that I would take the high road, that in an opportunity such as this— You shouldn't. When dealing with a man with as much just just evil in his heart— as, as, as Hembo has, that, that I would not take this opportunity to just enjoy it as much as possible. It, it, it offends my sensibility that you thought I took that. All that I was saying was that I expected a cynical, sarcastic, you know, bleep you kind of text yesterday, and well, I didn't get that at least. So I now regret not sending. <laughs> yeah. When the Jets beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, you should expect that text, Hembo. I should have done it. Yeah. I should have done it. I right, Cam, your thoughts? Yeah, so I've seen a lot of Eagles fans try to excuse this loss by the injuries, which I think is somewhat comical because the Jets had the same issues on the other side and they didn't have Aaron Rodgers from the beginning of the season. So already off balance there. To me, the, the Jets' defense outplayed the Eagles' offense, especially on the line, which does not happen to the Eagles very often. Lane Johnson was definitely a big part of that. But again, that's not an excuse because the Jets had a lot of issues as well. The Jets outcoached the Eagles. That can happen in a loss. But the Eagles outcoached themselves. If we back up before the Jets getting the ball at the 10, the Eagles made one of the most baffling play calls I've ever seen. And I, I don't know if anyone has an explanation for this. They were up two instead of five because Jake Elliott missed a field goal, so maybe they wanted to be aggressive end the game. It's third and nine. They're on about the 50-yard line. The Jets are out of timeouts. If they run the ball, get about five yards, the clock runs down to almost below a minute. They punt it, hopefully pin them, and the Jets have to go about 80, 90 yards, 50 seconds with no timeouts. They've scored 12 points the whole game. Zach Wilson looked fine, but he wasn't beating the crap out of them. 
I don't understand why they threw the ball. Even if they threw an incompletion, then the clock stops. Of course, they ended up throwing a horrendous back-breaking interception that was returned to the 10. But no matter what, throwing the ball was not the option there. And I don't understand the play calling for a lot of the game and for a lot of the season, quite frankly. But that was the culmination of Brian Johnson as the OC for the Eagles so far. Yeah, Kim, I thought the Eagles script yesterday was definitely too pass-heavy. But here's what I'll say. Here's, here's why I'll defend the Eagles for their, for their play call in that scenario. Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. You, you just paid him $50 million a year. Like, you just did. And if you can't trust Jalen Hurts to protect the football there and give you a chance to pick up the first down and ice the game, then what's the point of having him? Like, th- now that you're paid like that, now that your roster has to thin out because you're paying him like that, you have to trust him to be a big boy. You have to trust him to protect the ball. And if Dak Prescott had thrown two fourth-quarter interceptions with the lead, the world would have his head on a platter today. We need to hold Jalen Hurts to the same standard. That, that, it's fair, like, clear and simple. Like, we need to stop talking about how well he played in the Super Bowl in a loss and how great he played last year. The bottom line of it is Jalen Hurts has not played well this season. The fact that they were 5-0 and has sort of, masked, like, sort of masked for that, I think especially for those who haven't watched every snap the Eagles have played like I do. But Jalen Hurts is the reason the Eagles lost this game yesterday. You have to be able to trust your quarterback making that kind of money in the fourth quarter to make the right decision. That's fair. I like all of it. One way or another, I'm just delighted now that I've, I've, I've divided the Eagles fans and they're fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba, this is one of the great days we've ever had in the history of the show. All right, so this morning, full disclosure, when we came in here this morning, Hembo said to me, we need to put together the help. You know, Cam does a terrific job putting a rundown in for us every day. And then usually Hembo and I will go into the office and I'll just sort of say, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Today, I didn't feel like it. Today, we were taking pictures. We were celebrating. We were dancing. I said I watched everything all weekend long. Saturday, weather lousy, no golf. I watched all the college and the baseball uh, yesterday. Sunday, I watched all the baseball, every football game. So play a little music. And we're going to do a little one question. And I told Hembo, you can ask me anything about anything that happened in the NFL yesterday, and I will give you hot takes galore. I'm in the kind of mood where I'm ready to give takes. So I'm just going to throw it open in one question form. I have only one question. You ask me a, a question about anything that happened this weekend, and I will knock it out of the park. In one word, I would like you to describe the performance of Desmond Ritter. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of the, I mean, the, the words that would come to mind immediately are like horrendous, putrid, but I want a word that encapsulates my shock at them leaving him out there. What is Arthur Smith doing? He looks like how many cutaways to the sideline can we get of him looking confounded with that mustache, which somehow only adds to it, but he looks like he's thinking, oh my God, why do they have this guy playing quarterback? But he's the coach. He looks just like a fan. He looks like every fan going, oh, why would he throw that? Oh, why is this guy our quarterback? Oh, how bad must Heineke be that we won't put him in there? They should have won that game eight different ways yesterday, and the quarterback just kept giving it back. He's terrible. And I, I, I he played a half-decent game last week, and the world kind of forgot that's a much better team than they're playing. I have no idea why he continues to play for them. None. So I wanted to come up with a word that would incorporate. What's the word that would incorporate that? It's not just awful. That's easy. But what's the word for like puzzling? Like it's puzzlingly awful. It's, <laughs> you know, like like it, it's a mystery. Like, like, I don't know what the hell they think they're doing there, but it's awful and they need to stop it. So which unit has impressed you more this season or impressed you more yesterday? 
the Dolphins offense or the Browns defense? That's a great question. The Browns defense is so good. What they did to the 49ers, we had a great tape that Dan Orlovsky did on TV for us this morning where he showed the way the Browns defensive line changed the line of scrimmage. He showed you three plays from yesterday's game in which I'll just, you know, I'll make up a yard line here. The ball is on the 45-yard line when it's snapped. And one second after the ball has been snapped, the entire line of scrimmage has moved back three yards. It's just incredible. The Lions, excuse me, the uh, Browns' defensive line may be better than the Jets. The Jets are so deep. The, the, The strength of the Jets' defense and that line comes from its depth. That's why they get so good in the second half, because it's the time of a game where most of the time defenses start to wear down, but the Jets stay fresh because they're rotating so many guys in and out of there. The Lions might even... I keep saying the Lions, I'm sorry, because I'm thinking of the line. The Browns' defense might even be better than than the Jet defense. And, I mean, the Dolphins' offense may be historically good. Which one has surprised me more? Let's say this. The Browns' defense has has impressed me more because it has surprised me a little mm-hmm. more. Like, I had a feeling the Dolphins, maybe not this good, but with those weapons and with a healthy Tua, I knew they'd be good. I didn't know the Browns were going to be the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, so the, the Browns have allowed the fewest yards through five games since the 1971 Colts, whereas the Dolphins have gained the, the most through six games, in their case, since the 2000 Rams. So we're seeing, like, two historic units. That That's... To me, those are the two best uh, units in the league. I'm so trying far. to think who Cleveland has played also, just because they've done it against Joe Burrow, now albeit a banged-up Joe Burrow. They did it yesterday against the San Francisco team that was just cruising against everyone. Mm-hmm. They've had a bye. Who were their other games? What am I forgetting? Uh, at they Pittsburgh, uh, at Tennessee, and awful, Baltimore. Awful. And Baltimore, who's good. So, so, yeah, I mean, look, five games is a reasonable enough sample size. You can't downplay it. Their defense has been unbelievable. I didn't answer your question. I get. I mean, you didn't I answer the first up, question either. I mean, technically, you're really not knocking out of the park. Here. What, what, how, what answer did you want? Well, you didn't give a word for the first one. You asked for one word. You never gave one. Putrid. <laughs> and, and now you have yet to give one here. But let's, I said I was looking for, I'm, I'm looking for help with the Clean word. Clean it up. Okay. I will say the Browns defense. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the last rookie quarterback? That has impressed you, or that, that impressed you as much as C.J. Stroud. That kid is unbelievable right now. I, I mean, the year that Andrew Luck and RG3 came into the league together, and Russell Wilson, they were all great. They were, yeah. Luck was unbelievable. RG3 was unbelievable. Until he got hurt, he was ridiculously good. I think we have to go back to that. I want to say that. He certainly... If we think about some of the other big, like, super high-profile rookie quarterbacks who've come in since then, most notably Trevor Lawrence, clearly his rookie season was awful. Um, am I forgetting? I'm, I mean, I'm, Dak was really good. Justin Dak Herbert was, was good. really good. Doc, Dak was really good, and Dak was surprisingly good. Like, Dak shocked me with how good he was. C.J. Stratton was the second pick in right. the draft. Dak was a fourth-round pick. But, I mean, Dak went into a fairly ready-made situation. No, not fairly. He went into a fully ready-made situation. Sure. I, I will say, C.J. Stroud, I have not been this impressed with a rookie quarterback, I think, since since the combination of Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III, which is what whatever that is, close to 15 years ago. We pause briefly on that. I have more takes on everything else that happened in the NFL as we continue the celebration and the mocking uh, on this edition of Greeny on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier on Greeny. Tomorrow is National Dessert Day. Who you got as your favorite dessert? Favorite dessert? A sugary tomato. Ah. Shut up. Get him off the set. What does it even mean? Tomato with sugar on it. That's not a dessert. It is too. Sounds like a porn star. <laughs> sugary tomato. Sugary tomato. I'm nonplussed. I don't even think we can go on. Tomatoes That's, are that's fruit. bad. I'm not even sure you should be allowed back. This is Greeny. Against my better judgment, Hembo is back, despite having named as his favorite dessert a sugary tomato, which is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Who's ever even heard of doing that? Um, I don't know what to say. It's weird, but I'm happy because you're sad, and that's good news. (laughs) My favorite tradition in sports was able to continue yesterday, and I don't know how many of them are left. I didn't see almost any of this on the internet. Did, did, were there any photos or videos or anything? Who still was this? Bob Greasy? I know Larry Zonka alive. did post. Did Larry Zonka post? Yeah, he posted a picture of a champagne bottle popping. Atta boy, Larry. I love it. Mercury Morris, Larry Zonka, Bob Greasy, however many, God bless them all, members of the unbeaten 72 Dolphins. Hembo and I wrote about it in our book. It's one of my favorite traditions in sports that when the last unbeaten falls, as the two of them did yesterday, Philly and San Francisco, um, that those those 72 Dolphins celebrate another year of being the only unbeaten and a Super Bowl champions in the history of the game. And, uh, and it gets to continue yesterday. So a question that is on my screen here is, which loss do you find more concerning? And I will actually adapt it to become, which team are you more concerned about in the big picture the Eagles or the 49ers? I'm more concerned about my Eagles, uh, truly. The 49ers If loss, I were to remove your fandom, would that remain the case? Yes, because the 49ers loss, I think, can, is more excusable based on the set of circumstances. Uh, Christian McCaffrey knocked out in the game. Debo Samuel knocked out in the game. Trent Williams. I mean, those are three of the 
15 or 20 best players in the NFL, regardless of position. And it's a sloppy track in Cleveland against far and away, I think, the best defense in the NFL so far. I mean, the Eagles' loss was a lot more concerning because they had no reason. The Eagles had no reason not to, to run away and hide. As soon as I woke up on Sunday morning and I saw that both corners were out, Reed and Sauce, whose jersey I'm wearing right now, I went straight to my FanDuel app and I laid the six and a half and took the Devontae Smith over in terms of receiving yards because there was no way that the Jets' defense, you know, that bitten by injury, was going to slow the Eagles down. And not only that, they dominated that football game and I think brought to sort of the surface a lot of big-time concerns that I've had about Jalen Hurts, but I haven't been bold enough to say because they were undefeated. But the Eagles have the most difficult remaining schedule in the whole conference. This is going to be a very different season than I experienced last year. Cam, are you more concerned, trying to remove your fandom, are you more concerned about the Eagles or the 49ers? Definitely the Eagles, as long as the 49ers get McCaffrey. I don't know what the diagnosis on McCaffrey and Samuel are, but the 49ers have been dominant pretty much every single game. Every single game the Eagles win, we say they didn't look great, but they got the win, and finally their kind of reasons for why we were concerned all bubbled to the surface in one game, and now moving forward you have like the toughest schedule. I don't know if a, a loss can show them that they weren't as good as they thought they were, to quote Denny Green, but they kind of needed the loss, hopefully, to get them back in gear, but they have a huge stretch coming up. Well, here's why I think the answer is San Francisco, hmm. and I'll give you my reasoning. There's only one thing we know for certain in the NFL is going to happen. And because it happens every year, people are going to get hurt. And you said before the season began, Hembo, and I still believe you will prove to be right, that the 49ers were more susceptible because of what they've traded. Everyone says, oh, look what an unbelievable job they have of building that team, which they've done. But by using up as much capital as they did to try and trade for Trey Lance, for whom they got nothing, and also to trade for McCaffrey, they're thin. They're not able to withstand critical injuries. So if the injuries they have are to... Look, if if you're going to lose McCaffrey and Debo, then that's the kind of injury that is going to take any team out of it. But it's a reminder that as the season goes on, they're going to lose a linebacker. They're Mm -hmm. going to lose an offensive lineman. They're going to lose someone in their secondary. And they are probably less equipped to do that than a team like the Eagles that I think has been built so well by Howie Roseman. Dan Graziano said a smart thing to me one day on Get Up. He said, at the end of the day, the team that wins the championship usually does so because their backup outside linebacker was good enough to go in there and make a play when they needed him to. And sure, if they lose McCaffrey for a period of time or Debo, then all bets are off. But I still think when push comes to shove, the Eagles will be able to withstand the rigors of a 17-game schedule better than the 49ers will. I actually think by the time it's all said and done, we may be talking about the Lions mm. as the best team in the NFC. That was going to be my follow-up question. Is like, do we Have we reached a point now where it's at least a three, if not a four-horse uh, race, depending on what you think of Dallas? Because I think Detroit has showed me enough that they're no longer just like the class of their division. That The team is deeper than I thought. The defense is better than I thought. And we need to stop pretending like Jared Goff is just like a, you know, a system quarter. Like Jared Goff is good. Like Jared Goff is, a, is playing like at a top 10 level now and has for a year and two months. Like the, the Jared Goff that we have in ben Johnson's, off, ben Johnson's offense is no less efficient, is no less productive than he was at his zenith under Sean McVay. And he was good enough there to get that team to a Super Bowl. It's not obvious to me that this Lions team 
is any worse than that Rams team was in 2018 when they lost to New England in the championship. I'll take it a step farther. If you want to say, well, they really haven't played anybody, their schedule hasn't been that tough, that's never going to change. I'm looking at their remaining schedule. Uh They go to Baltimore as their next game. That's a tough game. That's a 1 o'clock game this weekend. That's an interesting game. Then they get the Raiders, Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, wow. twice. Wow. Show me where they're not winning these games. I think the Lions are going to wind up, if I had to project it right now, the Lions are going to wind up something like 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. Is San Francisco going to do that? Is, is Philly going to do that? I think home field advantage means a lot. That Lions crowd is insane. Did you see them yesterday? That is a crazy place to play. Domes are not always an easy spot to go for teams that don't want to play there, particularly the Eagles, who I thought had a big home field advantage last year, which mattered. Right now, right now, if I made you pick, let's go around the horn, the entire hashtag crew right now. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. You have to bet an amount of money that matters to you on which team will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl right this minute. Bubba, starting with you, who is it? Uh, I mean, if everyone's full strength, I'm taking the 49ers. Well, but th- that's not it. I'm asking you to bet. You don't know what, how everyone – you're betting today. 49ers. 49ers. Cam. Yeah, 49ers. I'm sticking with Philly, but my, my, I'm starting to waver, candidly. I think I would take the Lions. I really do. I was expecting Bubba to say the Cowboys sitting over there in his Dak Prescott shirt. How are you feeling heading into tonight's big matchup in L.A.? It's basically a home game. How, the what, Kellen Moore Bowl. What percentage of those fans tonight will be Cowboy fans? 75? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's a home game on the road. How confident are you in your Cowboys tonight, Bubba? Oh, I'm I'm feeling confident, and all this all this the stuff we saw with the Eagles losing for it's just giving me more confidence. The Cowboys can get right back into it. Plus, Salah's ridiculous comment that he's embarrassed every quarter. I guess he they completely forgot how Dak just dominated the Jets defense. That was a pathetic comment from Salah. Uh, that's act, well, what, what you were saying, however, is actually not true. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> I mean, not true. That we'll have in just a moment. He destroyed him. for listening to Greeny the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 eastern on espn radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the espn app also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at 8 on espn and also available wherever you get your podcast.